Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Philippe Dardin with me today. He is the CEO of La Provence Bakery. Welcome, Philippe. Thank you. Thank you, George. Well, Thank you for being here. Um, you have started uh, this business in 1991. Tell me how and why you started La Provence and why a bakery. Yeah, I um, basically was uh, had experience as uh, in sales before, and then I worked also for a wholesale bakery for about uh, eight months as a general manager. Uh, what kind of was, sales experience did you have? What were you selling before? I was selling investments. Uh, raw land, to be precise, uh, and I did that uh, after college for about a year, um, and then went into the general management at the uh, at the wholesale bakery. Um, and I was fired from the bakery, so <laughs> why were you fired? The bakery ended up going <laughs> because I was doing reports that uh, were kind of uh, incriminating to some some of the division of the bakery. I mean, again, it was a small bakery, but uh, some of the people uh, I, I made some enemies, unfortunately. But the bakery ended up going bankrupt uh, about a couple years after I was fired. Um, it's interesting because so I, I was fired from a bakery too when I was about <laughs> 20 years old. Really? And, uh, you know, I was, I was about 20 and I think the bakery wanted me to work under the table. I think they thought I was illegal or something, maybe because I have an accent. And then when they couldn't <laughs> yeah. employ me illegally, then they fired me. But anyway, so, so you, were, uh, yeah. you, you got fired from, uh, from that position and what happened yeah. next? Well, then uh, I, I worked uh, in France in uh, machinery construction but mostly in quasi engineering sales because I'm not an engineer but it was sales and engineering um, working for uh, a company that was developing machines for Yoplait, Danone so they were a larger machine and I did that for about three years and I really got burned out of uh, traveling so my wife and I decided to move back my wife is American so we decided to move back to the, the state and I was looking at uh, uh, opening either a coffee house or a bakery or maybe even working with the machinery and in, in the bakery or dairy industry, but uh, why? Why bakery? Why that industry? Because I had experience with it. Um, I I figured okay, I at least I know the basics, and because I am like you, George, uh, I was born and raised in France. Um, I have a general knowledge and and perspective that uh, a lot of bakers don't have here. Um, and, and there is a new movement of the coffee house. So my wife and I have actually decided to initially open a coffee house and we almost did. We signed up a lease and then luckily, uh, well, I got cold feet and luckily the landlord was very nice. And I remember, I still remember it was in Why did you get cold feet? What, what happened? Because I had never been in the retail industry. So being in a foreign country in the re- retail industry, my wife had never been in the retail industry. She has a financial background. Um, uh, so I just was that, uh, you know, I could see myself behind the counter and uh, <laughs> not having any customers and not knowing what to do. At least with wholesale, uh, I had that experience. And, and in the process also of uh, of opening that coffee house, we saw that there was no pastry really that was catered, that were catered to that industry, that nascent industry of a coffee house. So, so you weren't going to bake your own pastries at that correct. point? You were going to buy it, but there was really nobody that was selling what you wanted to sell uh, on a wholesale? 
wholesale basis. So okay. basically, uh, at the point when I uh, decided against uh, the retail coffee shop, and mm. you saw that there was the demand for good quality baked goods, and you right. you didn't really see any providers, is that right. how you got the idea? Correct. And 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 what happened? I mean, uh, uh, how long did it take you to start, and what were some of the the early uh, concerns that you had? Yeah, uh, it, at that same time, what happened, and you know, it it was kind of a coincidence, but at that same time, I had looked at purchasing a, a company that uh, was reselling uh, ovens and equipment for the bakery industry, and considering that as a, as a as a business also, um, and that was a little bit before or at the same time as the coffee house, so it all happened kind of together. Uh, but that company initially, when I and and the man that I, that I was talking to, uh, obviously was uh, in contact with a lot of bakeries, and then he put me in contact with a bakery in uh, Carlsbad that uh, basically the guy had a 2,000 square foot uh, bakery and uh, started a cake business and then left, put the key under the door and uh, disappeared uh, and didn't pay his suppliers, obviously. So he told me, well, if you want, you can take that bakery because uh, there's a few people that are on the hook with lease and things like that, and they'd be happy if somebody uh, would just take it over and finish paying the lease. So that's what we did. We started with... Uh, about forty thousand dollars. My uh, in-laws lent us that money, and uh, and that's how we that's how we started. Okay, and that was in '91, right? That's correct. So, what is just give us an idea of your business today? How many employees do you have, and maybe uh, who are your customers? If you can mention any brand names, or just to give an idea. Yeah, yeah. Our uh, well, we we when we started. Started, we started before Starbucks um, was in Southern California. You know, they were pretty much only in the Washington area. Um, so we started the very first account we got. I still remember was uh, Panikin, and I, I basically uh, grew from there, from Panikin to other coffee houses. And then about a year later, then we landed the first account, the first um, order with Starbucks at their store in Pacific Beach, which was, uh, I believe, the first store in San Diego, if I remember correctly. So we, we grew with Starbucks for about 10 years, and then they definitely outgrew us. Um, so we, we uh, at that time, we had developed a relationship with retailers such as uh, Whole Food and larger retailers than Whole Food in the retail industry, uh, doing mostly uh, private label for them, which we still do. Uh, we also have a, a strong category in the coffee house business still with uh, Pete's Coffee House, which is part of uh, Jab, a German company. Um, and then we also developed about uh, 12 years ago uh, a new category of customer with uh, the convenience store industry and, and some of our bigger customers are AMPM uh, or the pantry up in uh, uh, back east. So those are frozen product for the convenience store industry. Okay. And it's all, it's all pretty much breakfast uh, product. And we do a little bit of artisan breads also for, uh, for uh, the Southern California region. Okay. But the, the breakfast, breakfast pastries is pretty much our bread and butter, no pun intended. Okay, <laughs> none taken. So, um, you know, you, you have obviously managed to build a successful business and, uh, you know, with, with um, how many employees do you have approximately right now? About 40. About 40 employees. So, so it's a fairly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice size business. 
but you know it took you it took you a while to get here. Give me some of the early challenges, maybe the first couple of years that kept you up at night. Yeah, the first couple of years is uh, you know you you have no idea uh, whether you're gonna make it. Basically, uh, it's uh, running after cash flow. <laughs> um, you know, I, sometimes I read in the paper how the uh, high tech industry sometimes and gets finance and they have those millions of dollars to to play with and and thinking of how different my experience was which i think is the majority of small business when they start is basically a a, a cash flow issue i mean you basically are paying for, for machines so that you can automate so that you can reduce your labor but those machines are expensive and uh, you you have to, those costs that continuously uh take off from your bottom line and then also learning how to manage people uh, in California. It's a it's a hard environment at that time when we started. At the time when we started, it wasn't as hard, but it, it was still a challenge. You know, learning how to hire people and and trying to get good and building a team of people. So those were the most of the challenge that I had was more on the um, on the HR and cash flow on the marketing side though it's uh, trying to understand where you where you fit uh, in in the marketplace uh, so building the team to trying to achieve the goal that you are set up uh, is 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 as important as uh, trying to understand exactly where you fit in the market so so those are, those are the main challenge that I recall having when we started the business and uh, um, and what about and what about <laughs> yeah, less experience, right? Now, what about right. today? You, you know, talking about 23 years after starting your business, what are some of the challenges today? What what keeps you up at night now? Um, I, I've learned to kind of take it as as a, as it comes and 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 build a thicker skin. And maybe as I'm getting older, it's uh, getting easier. Um, but what what keeps you at night sometimes is a personnel lawsuit. Um, but HR is is always a tough nut to crack because sometimes you have people dealing with each other and uh, you have to kind of eventually make a decision on on what to do. So people letting go people, or which we don't do very often, but uh, you know that 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 kind of problem uh, happens. The the other thing that happens also being in the food industry and now the you you see that more and more in the paper is is the food safety issue and how heavy the government comes down on people that uh make mistakes uh to the point where you know people go bankrupt i mean very very quickly if they make a mistake uh that's damaging to the to the health of people and sometimes it doesn't have to be necessarily somebody who's uh who would uh be killed as much as mistakes uh that could happen in 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 uh, salmonella or things like that that really um uh, can affect large business and small business the same way. So mm -hmm. that that also keeps me at night a little bit uh, sometimes. But I and then when I say keep me at night, I I've, like I said I've I've learned to live with it. And that's uh, it's I I do a little bit of sailing, and I always like to compare that to sailing. It's uh, it's it's fun to sail a boat, but you feel that responsibility of hey you're in charge, and if the boat capsize it's you and it's, it's a little bit of that with uh with the business and, and i think uh as as you keep that business for you you learn to survive and you learn to that you know there's good years and there's bad years and then you gotta take it as it comes and and sometimes i think oh my gosh i could lose that customer and that could be 10 20 percent of our sales and well that when that happens you know you just have to sit down and see how you take it but 
but you can't you can't really I, I don't I try not to look too much in the in the future in in that sense as much as trying to develop new customers, uh, also developing a brand and things like that that are important I think to our business. So okay, so since uh, since your business is is a wholesale business and and we talk about brand building and the value of a brand for businesses, are you able to to have a brand or is that something that you strive to to have at some point? Yeah, I, I wanted to build a brand in uh, about uh, five six years ago. So I took a partner that had a little, little bit of experience, more experience in brand building, and. Uh, and it, and it just happened to be a catastrophe uh, for, on the personal plan because of the uh, um, that that uh, partner just didn't work out at all and and was had completely different goals than than I expected. But uh, so five years ago we decided, okay, we we got to build a brand because I think building a brand, even if it's uh, if it's not a very strong brand. Um, gives you that uh, that leverage that uh, that we don't have when we do things for customers and for instance with Pete's you know they we, they don't even say that it's coming from us so they could replace us uh, very quickly um, so it, it gives you a little more security of or, and safety so to speak with uh, with with your customer base and that's that's one advantage. The other, the other one is building value with the business, uh, building a brand. Uh, a, a business with a brand has a lot more value than a business without. So, so those are the things that are the positive. The negative of building a brand is that it's a, it's it's a bigger investment. At least for us, it has been. And I, I'm I'm realizing that uh, uh, you just have to be very patient. And maybe that's why I didn't didn't work i mean it, that's why maybe i didn't develop a brand earlier but i think building a brand gives you a sense of satisfaction too also for an, and and proud in pride in the uh in the business and for the employees so we're really trying to build a brand now into uh the convenience stores we're 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 building a brand that's called zeno and uh how do you spell that z i n o z i n o okay mm -hmm. and it's for the transcriber Okay. Right, and we we are um, at the very early stage of building that brand. Right now, we hired brokers. We sell frozen product, obviously, to war, I mean, uh, state. I mean, in the U.S. And we want to go from selling direct to customers, to customers that I mentioned to, to um, direct to, or, or not direct, but through distributors um, uh, to to smaller chains and other people that would. Let us bring their, our our brand. So it it is it it is completely different than what we're doing in terms of who we're selling to. But it's the same product essentially. I mean, it's modified a little bit, but it's essentially the same products as what we're already currently doing with uh, with with those larger customers. So we we have the distribution already pretty much set up. I mean, it it would be a new product, so it always has its challenges in distribution, but. Uh, so it's still part of your long-term strategy to 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 That's build correct. your own brand or maybe even multiple brands. That's correct. I we we we're looking into building a brand into the convenience stores and then possibly also with with bread, uh, okay. artisan bread. But uh, so it is a long-term strategy, and I'm not in a hurry at this point because we, like I mentioned earlier, we had uh, that partner and we try to. You feel a little burned. You you feel you got a little yeah, burned, uh, and you're a little shy about it. But uh, but it hasn't yeah, stopped you. 
It hasn't stopped me. I mean, I've, it, it was a mistake on my part because I, I didn't do the due diligence uh, that I should have done. I mean, I, I kind of tried to do it, but I, but I, I wasn't able to do it uh, on that particular individual. And, and I've learned from that mistake. I mean, that, uh, you know, when you have a little bit of doubts and, you know, sometimes you get carried away with people uh, showing you the bright side of what the business can be and how we can do this and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and especially when people are smart, you know, they, they can paint a picture that uh, sometimes is totally uh, different than the reality. So that, that that has been one of the bigger mistakes that I've done because they really set our business in, in trouble for three or four years. And uh, so now we're just going back into it. I mean, we were on our way to about five, six million and then set us back to about three million. Now we're back to four. And then uh, hopefully this year we'll reach about five million again and uh, and then be able to develop a brand. And the other thing that I've learned from that mistake from uh, that partnership is that, you know, you, you have to trust yourself. And sometimes you go into that phase with uh, with with business where you 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 start having doubt okay can i do this uh, maybe i can't and and uh you know i think for the most part i think people everybody can can do it and it's just a part of it is self-confidence and part of it is learning from other business uh the the, the business that have succeeded and the business that have failed so let's let's talk about success for a little bit you i mean you managed uh and i'm not trying to uh patronize you but you managed to grow a successful business in, in a couple of decades and and most businesses fail unfortunately but but you managed to survive and you managed to build a multi-million dollar business what what is wh- why do you think that you you managed to succeed when so many fail what are some of the traits i mean there is some luck in everybody's success, right? I mean, right. Uh, but there's also hard skills. What do you think? What do you think are those attributes in your in your experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you know whether I'm successful or not is is not really, uh, and I'm I'm not trying to uh, change the question, but it's it's more the team that you build, I think, than uh, than actually. My so what is it? What is it about the team? Because mm-hmm. uh, w- mm-hmm. what kind of team succeed? How do you build a team that succeeds? Yeah, I think I think every business is uh, it has in common that you know the the crucial team, probably being the the head, um, I mean, or or the management, I should say. Um, <clears throat> so building a team that's tailored to your business. So we we and that's why for us it's so hard to move away from. Uh, making product on specs and we're trying to develop a brand, a, a brand, we kind of have to reshuffle our team a little bit too, so that we're more performing in that, in that matter. Um, <clears throat> so I think if you, if you, it's, it's a little bit like in sports and I'm, I'm sure you've heard that from many people and I've, I've read that and I think it's very true. I think, uh, if you, if you want to build a team that's going to take you to the Super Bowl, you, you kind of have to spend a lot of time figuring out who's good with with who. I mean, first of all, who's the good player, but also how does that player fit in your team and uh, and making sure that everybody understands the goal of where we're trying to go. So I, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not extremely good at it, but I, but I, I know that that's something that I've been working on a lot is, is building a team that performs. 
we were lucky that we had a team that performed with, you know, getting Starbucks and getting Pete's and et cetera, because we were able to uh, build that team from, from the get-go. And there was not a whole lot of competition. So maybe, you know, like you say, there's the part of luck. And uh, <clears throat> and that's when I entered the business. You know, it's always nice to enter a business when there's growth in a certain business uh, aspect, like in, the, in that, that uh, the coffee house business was uh, growing very, uh, very rapidly. So we were in the growth business, but also... So there was not a whole lot of competition. So it allowed us to be going from a, a very weak team to a stronger team. Now we have a pretty strong team in R&D and, and marketing that's specifically geared for, uh, for, for getting accounts of, of that type. So does that make sense? Yeah, so we have timing, which is pretty much out of your control, but still, Correct. you know, you, yeah. you have to you have to be in tune with that, and then also your team that that you manage to build. Anything else? Right. Yeah, the other thing I think is uh, I, I like I mentioned before, you know, persevering. I think is uh, is is a very um, I think it's a trait that I'm always working on it. That I'm very conscious that I see when people don't persevere and they think that their business is short term, and uh, you you never know, you know, whether your business it's going to be short term, long term. I mean, I we we almost went bankrupt a few times, and I somehow were lucky enough to to uh, to survive. But I think the perseverance is 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 a is a strong trait to have and something to work on. Uh, people have often told me, you know, just hang tough, hang tough. And because sometimes, you know, I I almost sold the business at one point because I I didn't want to hang tough. I was getting tired of it. You know, when things don't do well, you just want to do something else. But um, but I'm glad I did hang tough because um, once you start building a business and if you go through the first few years, your chances of survival are, are higher. Uh, so And also, it's kind of a confirmation that that uh, things are doing well. So, t- so, so tell me, tell me how you felt. Uh, you said a couple of times you almost went bankrupt. How, how, how were you, how were you feeling at that time? What, what were you thinking about? Did you feel like a complete loser, or did you feel like it was just circumstance? How, how did you get through that? Yeah, um, yeah, I feel like a complete loser. Thanks, George. <laughs> no, I no, mean, uh, you no, know no, what no, I mean, because kidding. I feel like a loser no, no. in business all the time. So, you know, I feel really. <laughs> It's a comfortable. It's a very common feeling in my business career. So you know, I I, I hope I didn't offend you. But no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I sometimes when I look at people that are uh, a lot more successful, uh, I feel like a loser. And then sometimes, but then I then I look at people around me that I know in the bakery industry that are a lot less successful. And that that's kind of like, and I'm sure you're the same way. I mean, you you know, there there's. There's big winners and there's big losers, and you, I, I know you're not a big loser, obviously, because you've also survived and you, you, you know, you, you do well and people respect you. Um, it's just that sometimes, like you said, there's there's the luck, uh, you know, that that people have. Sometimes there's uh, you, you're not lucky, and so when I when I am in that situation where, or when I was in that situation where I almost went bankrupt, then I'm. I, I first of all, it's kind of hard, and I'm sure you you can relate to it. But um, for us, being in the bakery industry, because we're not a high profit, and and obviously, if you're in a bankrupt situation, you know everybody has cash flow problems, so you kind of have to run after the cash. You have to tell your suppliers, you know, be patient, and you know, so you, you you're basically working twice as hard to keep the the boat going. Um, so you don't always have time to. 
to go through self-fertilization as how, you know, am I a loser or not? I, you just feel terrible. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like the same feeling as when you just crash a car. Uh, hopefully nobody's gone through that. But I have. <laughs> when I was younger, you know, not, nothing major, but it's that feeling of, ah, oh, you know, how can I, that happen? Because you, you, you kind of know why you went into that trouble. Um, even even if it's subconsciously, but you, you kind of know why it happened, and like you say, you you feel really on all your weight on your shoulder, and I, and I think uh, having that encouragement from friends, just stick it out, stick it out. You know, I went through the same thing, and I'm so happy I stuck it out. So sometimes. So how do you deal with it? I mean, it's it's a roller coaster ride, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I know from my own experience running my business, one day you feel like you could walk on water, and the next day you feel like the biggest loser. Right. And how do you how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, personally, I mean, do you have some kind of a support group? Do you have a routine? Do you have someone that you turn to? Do you read a book? Do you read? I mean, what are some yeah. of the things that you do? Yeah. to to get over that yeah i think i think your 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 uh, your question is is uh is right on target because i think uh as as an owner you need some kind of support group and i think i had mentioned to you uh earlier that i i belong to i happen to be catholic and and uh so i talk to a lot of people who are business owners and i think if you have faith and i i do i mean i i think it helps me quite a bit because it gives you a certain sense of, hey, even if you go bankrupt, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you still have your family, your friends, and et cetera. Um, so that, that's the number one. And I, and I think for me, you know, the the ultimate goal is not just to be super successful. And, I, and I've, if I'm successful, super successful, great. If I'm not, you know, that's, that's not the ultimate goal. For me, the ultimate goal is to, uh, you know, I mean, Obviously, as a Catholic, I mean, without going into too much details, it's it's getting into heaven. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it's uh, it's uh, I think you know what I mean. So yeah, that, no, I mean, uh, thanks for being me open about that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that I, helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. And okay. then the what the else? other thing too is the support group is uh, is very important because you need to talk to people who have lived through the same thing that you're living. And and most business people that you'll talk to have gone through that, you know, whether whether they were really close to bankruptcy or not, you know, that differs, of course, and people will exaggerate maybe a little sometimes. But any in any case, they, they go through that, that kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. I mean, it's, it's very unusual when people go as just a straight line profit 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 every year uh, but it does happen obviously so for me i belong to a group called legalis and again that's a ceo a group of ceo in uh, that that is catholic and and it has helped me tremendously because of being able to like i mentioned earlier talking to people who have uh, had businesses or still have businesses but also um, when, when you're down, they can, they can help you. You can talk to them. They can, uh, give you advice. I mean, they, they, I think you, as a business owner, you always have to keep the, uh, uh, people always say, you know, it's kind of a lonely job and, and it is. And when you, when you're down in your business, it becomes even more lonely. So you tend to isolate yourself, of course. And that's where, for me, my faith, like I was mentioning earlier, helps me because I'm not completely isolated, but also a support group of some 
kind that you feel comfortable with and that people uh, will talk to you and you talk to them uh, fairly openly uh, is a a great support, is a great support. And I think... uh, Overall, you know, it, it it keeps you it keeps you humble. I think uh, that's also a, a good a good thing. That uh, like like you, I can see that you have that humility. That I think, to me, a successful people uh, have for the most part uh, is that they're humble and then they realize that uh, it's not just them. It's it's also the circumstances that that uh, will put you into a situation, but it's also the uh, uh, your your own mistakes. It's the mistake of your team. I mean, it, it, it's a variety of things. So you kind of have to, at one point, say, okay, you know, I've I've have this problem that now I'm starting from scratch and going forward. You know, what can I change? And and changing yourself for me, it's is the hardest thing because I, I like for instance I was mentioning our weakness in marketing in general. Well, you know, I realize that some of the problem is me. So how do I how do I so we decided, for instance, to do a, um, a board of advisor that's composed of uh, three people that had um, large business experience, some of them uh, very large, but just to help us with the marketing because I know that's a very weak point. So those are the things that you know came out of that trouble yours is, is something good. And, uh, and overall, I think it's uh, – I, I would say also that going through bankruptcy or close to bankruptcy, I should say, um, because I, I never went through bankruptcy. But at one point, my, our, our accountant says, well, you should really look at bankruptcy. I mean, because it's going to take you a few years to pay these people back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm glad I didn't because I think, uh, you know, being, being that you, you – uh, once you start a business, you realize how hard it is to start a business, and, and at least for me. Uh, it was pretty hard, and I went through some tough years, and then you, you accumulate that, that certain amount of knowledge and and uh, for us, machinery, equipment, team, and et cetera, that you say, well, you know, why should I let that go, you know, for, for my own personal um, reasons, which which would have been better off, you know, personally, I would have been better off going bankrupt and then starting again. But I, th- I think the, uh, the the fact that you stick it out kind of uh, uh, gives you a certain sense of hey we can if we can survive this then we can survive again and 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 then gives you a certain amount of confidence also that your team is sticking it out for the business you're sticking it out for the business and 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 I think there there has to be a certain amount of uh, of loyalty. That you uh, that you have to the business because you you're really starting. I mean, once you start a business and it has its own entity, I mean, you you, you have to give that loyalty yourself as the owner to the business and the people that are around you, so that they feel like you know it's the, the business is really what it's about, not just me, Philip, you know, uh, uh, going into bankruptcy just to help myself and. And then maybe the business will fail completely or maybe I'll come back from bankruptcy. But the suppliers are the same way, too. I mean, suppliers always get stuck with uh, a lot of debt, that unpaid debt, you know, from bankruptcy procedure. Uh, I mean, I was reading recently, for instance, the fact that Tesco with Fresh and Easy is going through bankruptcy procedure. And, I, and I'm not trying to judge them because I don't know all the details. But to me, a company like Tesco, which is number one or two, I think number two, uh, retailer in the world, having their 
store experiment bank going bankruptcy in in uh in the state is 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 questionable at best as far as how they um you know why why would they go bankrupt and stick their suppliers for uh for the money when they could very easily pay it out it seems to me i mean I, again i'm i'm not judging tesco but i'm just taking it as an example because i think a, a lot of people go to bankruptcy just to get out of their debt and then move mm-hmm. forward well i and I, and I'm not again. I'm not judging them because I, I they might have reasons for doing this, but for me personally, it's not something I would like to do. Okay. Now, you know, if uh, if you think back over the years, you know, been in business for a couple of decades, what looking back, what do you think was some of the biggest time waster for you? You know, in terms of growing your business, if you could if you could take the time back that you put into some. Some, some, maybe, maybe one thing that you try to do. Yeah, I think the biggest time waster for me was uh, when I first started, when I was younger, um, not looking for, not searching for a mentor that, um, and not maybe reading enough, or that would really focus me on growing the business. When you first start, you're like kind of plugging in wherever you need to be, which is, you know, a normal reaction because you want the business to be functioning in in the right way. But you also tend to lose track of what you're after. Like, for instance, I I stayed when we first started, you know, I literally was driving the product to to the stores instead of immediately hiring somebody. I mean, I ended up pretty quickly hiring a driver. But what I'm what I'm saying is that you, you, you have to systematically look and, and that's something that I didn't do initially. Look for um, people to do the stuff that you can do as soon as possible. You know, cash flow allowing, of course. Um, and even even if they're not going to do as good as a job as you, I think the biggest time waster that I see in people that uh, tend to stay very small uh, is that they they don't have that uh, skill set to hire people and and keep people and. Um, and, and build up a team, basically, and I and, and that's something that I I'm, I see also in in larger business that they do very well is, is the, the ability to build a team very quickly that's uh, super effective. So I don't place myself. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, you know I'm good at it, but I, I I've developed a little bit of uh, being better at it than when I started for sure. I think that okay. was the biggest for me. That was. You know, I mean, there's a lot of other things, too, that I could mention. But for me, that was the biggest time waster that I could see is, is uh, as a business owner, you, you really have to find your place as, as a uh, building the business. And, and by that, I mean uh, focusing on, on what's, what's the next step, what's the next five years, 10 years, and, and rather than just being a manager or, or being – uh, in the trenches, you know, doing this and that. It's interesting that you mentioned because I interviewed um, Mark Fackler, who is the uh, CEO of Stalcom. He bu- uh, that business was about fifty million dollars in revenue and about five hundred mm. employees. And he said that the the single most important reason for him to succeed was to hire people that are smarter than he is. Yeah. And and, and it's it kind of goes back to what you were saying is like. You know, to build that team, to to hire, you know, to maximize your time, and uh, you know, it's to think of it as a business as opposed to try to take everything on uh, right. to yourself. 
you know, I was going to ask you about differentiation because, you know, you're a wholesale business and, and uh, you know, so many times people don't even know you as, as a business. They just buy the product through the brands that some of the brands that you mentioned and some of that you haven't. Is there a way for you to differentiate yourself uh, from all the others that could provide the same uh, product essentially? Um what do you mean by that? Like, uh, well, I mean because I mean you know people talk about differentiation and you know you can't really you shouldn't just differentiate on pricing, for example. So, so hmm. can you differentiate yourself from let's say five other wholesale bakeries? You know, when it comes to you know trying to win a, a new new account with a, with a, with with a, a store that you haven't done business with. Yeah, I. I um I think I think the differentiation comes to um, being able to understand what the customer is looking for, and and then focusing your team and your energies to provide what the customer is expecting. And you know that's that's kind of the the general concept for us. In practicality, it means that we need to um, recognize our mistakes that. Uh, uh, we, we make and then if we make a mistake like for instance right now we have a, a credit that we're giving to a customer because we messed it up and you know we quickly admitted that it was our fault you know rather than going around the pot and trying to point fingers here and there so so I think that the going back to product differentiation I think it's it's not always the product that needs to be differentiated because sometimes you're just making exactly the same as the competition as much as your attitude and and looking at and trying to find the the partners that recognize what you're trying to do. I mean, for us, we're trying to do a product that has a higher quality and we're a little bit higher than the competition in 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 most of our customer base. It's just that we provide a we try to provide a service that uh, is a little bit higher quality. So sometimes we're not even competitive. Uh, it, it, does that answer your question? I, yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think yeah. Uh, you know. So what quality, I mean? quality. You're trying to differentiate on quality, as opposed to differentiating on price, for example. Yeah, I, I try to. We, we try. That's just the way we do our business. I think uh, a lot of it has to be with uh, uh, what the team is is ready to do. Is is. If the team is ready to do quality and quality is is I'm not trying to say that you know quality is necessarily better I mean there's bakeries that do lesser quality than we do, but they do a great job and probably a better job than we do as a business uh for us it's for me it's like i it's kind of what I'd like to do and okay. and that's one of the reasons why we want to build a brand is because eventually if if you have that quality or whatever quality that you choose and if you're fully conscious of it then uh you can differentiate yourself from the the competition in in in, in that way and brand building is is to, uh, from what i understand and i i would concur with your uh previous interviewers is that you know you have to uh build a team with people that are smarter than you and if if not smarter at least have the knowledge that uh uh, that will will help you recognize all these things that that you that you are as a business from the exterior, and sometimes employees are great at doing that. You know, they they'll, they'll 
call you back and say, well, this is not what we're about. And it's like, well, yeah, that you're right. It's not what we're about. So being what you're about uh, helps you differentiate yourself from the competition. And, and whether that works in the marketplace or not, then after that is a fairly easy decision to make. Now, looking, af- looking ahead as an entrepreneur, how far do you look ahead? Is it six months, a year, five years? And w- what do you measure uh, looking ahead? Uh, as far as measuring, we, I try to measure ourselves on sales. Um, I try to look ahead as far as 10 years in terms of marketing. Uh, but sometimes, you know, when you look 10 years ahead, it, it's it's very uh, it's very blurry. Um, so so I, I typically, you know, we do like a five, 10 year plan. Uh, and then the, the things that we really look for is where is the food industry going? Because for us, it's uh, it's very important. So we try to look beyond the trends and I'm very opinionated about food. <laughs> so <laughs> so that helps me because uh I uh not not that I'm always on 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 with the trends obviously because sometimes I totally miss trends but I also see trends in the food industry go and uh, come and go. Um so we try to not go into trends uh as much as try to see where the general um food trends are, are going if, if if you like for instance right now there's a gluten-free trend that is real because there's people who are celiac but there's a lot of people that are using the gluten-free for diet purpose well you know my belief and our belief here at the bakery is that uh it's 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 kind of a fad so um just like it was a fad that people were looking for fat-free product or sugar-free product or whatever. I mean, all foods are good. It's in excess of certain foods that are bad. So for us, we're trying to determine whether this trend is has, has a lot of lag and or whether it's going to collapse completely like the fat-free diets. But there's always product that remain in that. So we, we're also conscious of that. And so looking at trend is an important thing. The uh, the, the sales for us is very important because you, you have to determine, determine where you want to be. So so we look at uh, that and try to remind constantly, uh, you know, where where do we need to be in in uh, at the end of the year so that we can achieve those five ten years goal. Okay. Uh, so, and so that's kind of what what we do. In terms of looking to because you know when you run a company sometimes you feel alone so. In terms of inspiration, is there one entrepreneur or business person or CEO that that you would like to emulate or somebody that you look up to? Yeah, I mean, I I like to I like to um, uh, take um, different CEOs for different things that they have. So I don't look at like one person as the ultimate. Um, I mean, I for me. I look at like um you know everybody knows Steve Jobs and I and I think for for me uh having that insight and that uh imagination to be able to build an industry like he did with the uh the iPhone for instance or or other products you know the PC and etc you know the people that are uh able to look at what's out there in the market in terms of the tools to make that happen and put it together 
and surprise everybody with it, including their competition and having a head start um, is is that to me is is something that I always think of, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier is trying to build value on your business is uh, uh, it, it, having the time to do that and having the foresight to also realize that this is what you have to do as a business is always be ahead of the competition in terms of putting out a, a product or, or, or a series of products that are uh, responding to what's out there in the market without without it being in existence. So that, that that's one quality that I really like to of Steve Jobs is being able to uh, understand his real function in, in the business. It's not just a manager industries, basically. And I think we, to a certain extent, I mean, his industry obviously is, is far more um, relevant than, than ours in terms of uh, building industry you know for me each product that we put out sometimes is 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 like that it's it's how do how does that respond to what people want in the market because if we put a product for um you know pete's or 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 any of our retailers out in the market it has to be not only what they want, but also what the customer wants. And I think uh, so that that's the big quality. The other quality that I like, I mean, I, I really like that book. Um, I mean, everybody, a lot of people have, have read it. And at some time I like to, to read it because uh, it's it's inspiring me. But a lot of uh, uh, ideas and, and uh, CEOs that I admire are in the book From Good to Great uh, okay. by Collins. I, I think uh, having... The humility, like uh, like all those large or CEO from large companies, to you know, like I was saying earlier, building a team and etc. makes you realize, okay, this is what's important. Yeah, and a lot of CEOs that uh, uh, I, I never really care for uh, also are mentioned in that book. In that sometimes it, uh, it it fails people, and it, even though they could have had a great career and uh, you know, wonderful experience as as uh, as CEOs of their companies. Um, the CEOs that tend to build value on the long term for a business, uh, like the CEOs from uh, Wells Fargo's or people like that that build their those businesses, are are to me somebody that some some of the people that are that I try to emulate. But but again, I I don't try. But I think also it's part of it. I mean, I have to qualify it. Is is I I try to. Uh, um, for me, I, I spend a lot of time trying to emulate Christ, <laughs> so I don't, I don't really put uh, too much faith in myself as a CEO, and uh, and I so I tend to look at other people with, uh, you know what I mean, with with just okay, this guy is great at doing this, this guy is great at doing this, but um, I, I don't see anybody in particular that I'm trying to emulate uh, exactly, copy okay. to copy. Okay. Good. Now, I have just a couple of more questions. I know we went a little bit longer than I promised, but is it okay if, if we, we go through a couple of more questions? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, <clears throat> if you could train, let's say maybe one of your children or a good friend or a family member came to you and they wanted to be an entrepreneur, what would be the first skill that you would teach them about being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think uh, my dad was an entrepreneur and uh, in France, and and I think uh, I, I would do the same 
as he did is uh, basically uh, make you understand that you, you have to be able to give it all you have at some point. So you have to recognize when, when that comes into play. Um, so that's the first skill I think for an entrepreneur is to understand what, what your position is in, in the company and, and really trying to uh, be able to develop that skill of delegating and hiring people, uh, hiring people that are uh, either smarter than you or have more knowledge or, or whatever, but building building a team, I think, is is the number one skill that I would uh, have people develop for sure. Okay. And in terms of your dream business, if you close your eyes now and say, you know, if I could draw my business, what is my dream business? What what would that look like? Yeah, and I I um, I used to do that, George. I used to say, oh, you know, if I wish I was that business and uh, because of this and this and that, and then uh, now I've learned to uh, realize that um, I have to be thankful for what I have, and so I, I don't do that anymore. I, and every time I do it, I, I, I try to catch myself and say, okay, well, you know, this is not what I want to do. Uh, what I want to do is feel like I'm really lucky to have the business that I have. Because I'm not that smart, so <laughs> I somehow it, <laughs> and uh, and so so yeah, no, seriously, I I try not to to do that and catch myself. I do look at other businesses as to okay, why would they why would they successful and try to understand why and how it can apply to us, but I really don't think of uh, and and that I've been able to do that recently. Uh, in the last few years is, is say, okay, well, you know, I, uh, this is the business that I have and I, I feel pretty lucky. And, uh, you know, especially when you look at what's going on in the rest of the world, that helps me also when I look at that, helps me to realize that, you know, I'm very fortunate and that, and that I, I'm really not looking at the dream business. So I'm, I'm turning around the question, but if no, it's if you really actually, know, no? yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Last question. Do you have any last words of wisdom for someone that's either starting a business or is struggling with a business or building a business or just wants to take their business to the next level? Yeah, I think taking to the business to the next level is, is what uh, I've been trying to do over and over. And whether we can take it to the next level now is is always uh, a question. So. You know, what I'm trying to do when I take the business to the next level is to really listen to people. And, and it's not hard and it's harder than it seems because uh, sometimes people will tell you something that you kind of know that it's true, but you kind of fall back into the same problems. Like uh, I was mentioning earlier, you know, the hiring process. I mean, even though. I know that we need to hire certain people because of that reason or that reason or spending more time hiring people. You, I, I still fall in that uh, that, that uh, quandrum of uh, hiring the wrong people. So um, I, I don't want to beat a, beat a dead horse, but basically to me, team building and developing those skills as, as, as an owner to hire the right people is – 
is probably the most critical uh, factor and then uh, to, to build a team and then realizing as an owner that the success of your business has more to do with the team that you build than, than your own aptitude. Well, Philippe, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, Philippe Dardenne, oh, the CEO. Thank you. The, the CEO and, and founder of La Provence Bakery in San Marcos, California. Thank you very much. And, and uh, I hope uh, I, I, I learned a lot, and I'm sure others will learn a lot from your experience. Thank you. Well, I, I hope so too, but uh, please do edit as much as you can because <laughs> sometimes I know I can be a little uh, lengthy and, and uh, repeating the same thing. So uh, it's, uh, it's okay. I'd rather have detail, I'd rather have detail than, than brevity. <laughs> Thank you, Philippe. Okay. Thanks. Take care.